I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Lately, I have to tell you, I have been highly distractible. And given that it's summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, I thought, well, maybe you are too. I'm going to share a few pointed tactics to keep your head in the game at work when distractions are aplenty. You see, I've got distractions in pretty much all aspects of my life right now. On the personal side, we've got a huge project happening in the backyard. My office windows happen to face the backyard. So whether marveling at the progress, watching the work happen, or simply staring out the window and imagining what it will look like when it's finished, there are plenty of distracted moments each and every day. On the professional side, there are far fewer conferences in the summer than any other time of the year, so I'm not traveling and giving keynote speeches as much as I am the rest of the year. Additionally, I'm not facilitating many of my corporate training programs in the summer because of employee vacations, travel schedules, and the like. Many companies just don't do much in the summer as it pertains to employee development and training. This happens to work out very well for me because it gives me time to work on new keynote speeches like the one I'm currently developing. It also gives me time to work on infrastructure projects in my business, connect with some of my clients for coffee or lunch, and generally refresh and be ready for the fall conference season when I'll be back on the road doing a lot of keynotes. For someone who is so often focused on delivering programs, having the time to work on the business, that discretionary time, instead of in the business when I'm delivering programs, well, it's wonderful, but it's also something that leaves me itching to get up from my desk and go do something else, anything else. Again, leaving me highly distractible. And at the intersection of my personal and professional lives, the summer affords me a more flexible schedule to drive my kids to day camps and swim practices and friends' houses and the mall and the like. And I do love the drive time with my kids. They often open up and share more when we're in the car than if I were to ask them how swim practice was or what camp was like today. So it's highly rewarding. And it takes me around to parts of town that I'm not typically frequenting. And so it's easy to see a shop or a store that I've not been to before and want to stop. Or take a scenic drive home from where I am instead of the straightest path. And along the way, certainly see an interesting park or a lake that I'd like to explore. (laughs) Wonderful distractions, to be sure. But things, again, that can take me off my A-game and getting my work done. So yes, I am highly distractible right now, and I thought I'd take this episode to share with you some of my best strategies 
for managing my workload inside of a distracted mind. I think this is a particularly important topic to address right now because there is so much in our world that lends itself to distraction. From the seasonal activities of summer to current events, both in the U.S. and abroad, to the lingering pandemic turned endemic, and so much more. There are many things vying for our attention that can take us off our A-game at work. So here are six strategies that you can do to keep the distractions to a minimum and stay focused on work. And these are all strategies that I use myself, so I know they work. And after I share all of them with you, I'll share how I've used them, in fact, quite recently. Number one, schedule time for distractions. One of my dirty little secrets, I love to play Wordle, and I also love to play words with friends. Left unchecked, I can lose hours of the day to these word games. Instead, I schedule time for them, usually as part of my lunch break, since there's really no way I can justify word games as work. (laughs) Now, as for social media, however, which technically is part of my workday, like posting on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and the like, that can also get away from me and become a place where minutes and hours go to die. (laughs) So instead, I plug my social media tasks in my calendar, including some time for scrolling and commenting on other people's posts so that I can stay in touch and engage with both professional colleagues and clients. When I schedule that time for distraction, it makes it okay, and it also puts some guardrails up so that I don't lose time in that distracting activity. Number two, scratch the itch. What I mean by that is to give yourself permission to take up the distraction. If the United States Supreme Court has just handed down a decision that's important to me, I'll go watch the news coverage. If a major milestone has been reached on my backyard project, I'll go out there and see it firsthand. If one of my kids wants to share something with me, I'll listen. But there too, I will put some clear and specific boundaries around indulging in the distraction. I'll watch the live press coverage of the actual event and then go back to work rather than reading every piece of commentary that I can lay my mouse and keyboard on. I'll go explore the backyard, setting a timer for, say, 10 minutes, and then it's time to get back to work. And if one of my kids wants my attention, I'll say, yes, I have 15 minutes. And in fact, even with them, I'll set a timer and then give them my undivided attention for those 15 minutes. And then I'll get back to work. When the expectation is set for the kids and myself, and especially myself, about how much time I'm going to take for any given distraction, especially if it's with kids, then it's clear. And it's easy to end the conversation rather than feel guilty about it. So that's what I mean by scratch the itch. Number three. Fiercely prioritize my work. Knowing what's most important and getting that done first keeps everything on track. Well, mostly on track. Each day I have the top three things that must absolutely get done. I prioritize them and I put them into my daily calendar first with other tasks fitting in and around them. Sometimes they're time bound with other people's schedules like a tailoring call with a client I'm doing a keynote for. 
it has to fit my schedule and their schedule. Other times, there's more discretion about when I do the task. Say, for example, customizing the slides for that same keynote. I can do that any time of the day and pretty much any time of the week, as long as it's not getting too close to the delivery. And to be fair to myself and to be realistic, some days, days when I'm delivering an all-day program, for example, the only work that gets done is that program delivery. Additional tasks, phone calls, and sometimes even email will just have to wait until the next day. When I fiercely prioritize my work, well, there's more time for distraction because the most important things got done and I can indulge a little bit in the distractions if I need to. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Number four, do the most important work early. It's easy to procrastinate and end up with the most important tasks left to do as the workday draws to a close. Even if I believe I work best under pressure, I will actually do my best work early in the day when my brain is fresh and I'm not feeling fatigued or anxious about possibly not getting something finished or sent to a client prior to a deadline. When I do the most important work early, I know I'm doing the best job I can. Number five, be okay with saying no. If you're a people pleaser, take note. Be okay with saying no. Things will invariably come up that others want your help with. A colleague will ask you to proofread something. A client will request a meeting today. A child will ask you for a ride to a friend's house or to the mall. A good friend will call. Unless it's a high priority item for you, you are fully free to say no to anything that is not on your plan for the day. A simple, I'm unable to meet today, but I have several openings tomorrow, or its equivalent, will help you reinforce your own boundaries so that you can stay focused on those high-priority items in the time that you do have. It's also helpful to others in a somewhat more subtle way. With your coworkers, it lets them know that your time is important and that you schedule it precisely. And with your children, it can provide some valuable life lessons. For example, if my daughter is asking for an unplanned ride to a friend's house this afternoon, and I obviously haven't scheduled for that, by saying, no, not today, honey, but please go ahead and see if you can schedule it for Wednesday afternoon. I definitely have time to take you then. When I do that, I'm teaching her longer range planning skills and reinforcing that there will not always be immediate gratification for everything she asks for. 
So again, be okay with saying no. Number six, keep the big picture in mind. I've saved my very favorite one for last. Imagine the bigger picture that today's tasks are part of. Imagine getting to a major milestone or even the end of the project. That's usually a pretty sweet prospect. Then remind yourself that you won't get there unless you take the smaller, specific actions today that lead to that outcome. For me, it might look like imagining myself on a big stage giving the new keynote speech I'm working on. When I can see that in my mind's eye, it makes it all the more compelling to do the research or design the slides or write the marketing copy for the speech that's going to go on my website. I implicitly realize that I'll never get on that stage to give that speech if these other tasks don't get done because people won't know about the speech and they won't be able to hire me for it. And with the big picture in mind, the distractions I'm faced with usually pale in comparison and I'm excited to get to work and spend some concentrated time focusing on the tasks that will get me there. So there you have it, my friends, six ideas to help you regain your focus when you are distracted. And in the time I prepped this podcast and recorded it, I used all six of these. So let's do a quick recap and I'll share how I used each one of these six tactics. Number one, schedule the distraction. Well, I did schedule Wordle today with my lunch. I had to take a short lunch break today because I have a lot going on. So there was no time for words with friends since it was a short lunch break, but there was time for Wordle, which only takes me a couple of minutes. Words with friends will have to wait until after my workday is complete if I have time in my personal life. Otherwise, maybe I can schedule a little bit longer lunch tomorrow and get a few turns in. (laughs) Number two, scratch the itch. Contractors showed up in my backyard today after several days of them not showing up. I absolutely stopped what I was doing and I went outside to check in on the project and find out what was next. I was careful to keep it brief and to the point because between myself being a real talker and at least one of the contractors really liking to spin a yarn, we could have talked a long time. So I kept it brief and to the point and then got back to work. Number three, fiercely prioritizing my work. My top three for today were recording this podcast, reviewing a contract with a new client and getting it signed if everything looked okay, and reviewing some video footage from a recent keynote and selecting the best clips to go on my website. Number four, do the most important work early. I got the contract done first and early. There's revenue directly tied to that contract and I don't want to jeopardize the schedule for this project, especially because it's a new client. We haven't had much of a track record of working together yet. The next thing on my list was this podcast. (laughs) I'm almost done recording it now. And then I can send it on to my audio engineer and to my social marketing team and then get on to my next important task. Number five, be okay with saying no. (laughs) My daughter did want to ride, not to a friend's house today, but to the mall. I said she could go, provided someone else drove because I didn't have it in my schedule. And I told her if she and her friends couldn't find a parent to drive to the mall today, well, I could do it a couple of days from now. And I gave her a specific date and time that I knew it would work for me. Number six, keep the big picture in mind. 
Again, my favorite one. Let's go back to my third top task for today, selecting video clips from a recent keynote to go on my website. This is an easy one for me to procrastinate, my friends. Sometimes it is excruciating to watch myself on video. You might not think that's the case since I'm a professional speaker, but it still is. I think most people would say the same if they have to watch video footage of themselves. It can be excruciating. But most people don't have to do it as part of their regular job duties like I do. When I keep the big picture in mind, how much fun it was to give that new keynote on the future of work the first time out, and how excited I am about polishing it up and giving it to more audiences, and about how they won't know that it exists if I don't get it on my website, complete with the video clips. (laughs) Well, then it becomes much easier to actually do the work when I'm keeping that big picture in mind. And that's what I'm going to do as soon as I finish recording this podcast. I hope these tips have helped you. And I want to encourage you to download this episode and catalog it in a place where you can easily find it. You never know when distraction will strike, and I want you to have all the best tools available when it does. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hop on over to wherever you listen and download podcasts and give the show a quick review. I appreciate each and every one of you and each and every review. Until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.